can't believe that. I mean, he had it. I thought he had it. I mean, look, he's, he looks happy, but I'm just looking behind the eyes, and I don't know. I think he's a bit down on himself. I mean, he shouldn't be. It's, this is my stand. I'm going to try to cheer him up. This, let me just try something. Here we go. Gosh, it disturbs me to see you, Gaston, looking so down in the dumps. Every guy here wants to be you, Gaston, even when taking your lumps. There's no chef in town as admired as you. You're everyone's favorite guy. Every contestant's inspired by you, and it's not very hard to see why. No one cooks like Gaston. No one looks like Gaston. No one's ice cream's as creamy and thick as Gaston. For there's no chef in town quite as handsome. Perfect, a pure paragon. If you went and asked Ray, Pete, or Aram, they'd tell you whose team they'd prefer to be on. No one's Dutch as Gaston, just as much as Gaston. No one's hair's as incredibly coif like Gaston. As a specimen, yes, he's indeed impressive. My water guy is Gaston. So after that extravaganza, my name's Chris. And I'm in awe. I'm, my name's Christy. It was wonderful for you, I think, to, to view and, and my operatic suave tones. Exactly. I felt like I should have been on a balcony and you below. But who should have been on the balcony was Gaston. And I think that's a good time to bring him in. Yes. Ben, how are you going? Hey, guys. How are you? We're wonderful. Um, yeah, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> so... This is a this is a pleasure. Um, obviously, it's been a, a very long season of MasterChef. Yes. Um, and yeah, first of all, congratulations on getting to the final. And that I I, I don't know how to describe that dessert. Um, <laughs> not one, not two, but three times the insanity. <laughs> yeah. So, have you recovered? <laughs> um, yeah. Look, um, that that last cook was pretty insane. But I got to say, I actually found. Um, the 105 step Lamington. <laughs> that was next level, that one. You kind of, when I looked at my mum's like cookbook for Lamingtons back in the olden days when I was a kid at home, you know, it was like a one page recipe. Is the sponge off? Oh. Yes. <laughs> Good. Let's begin. Is that cream real? Yes. Well, there's Cream's your problem. problem. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah, dinner by Heston was the night that I wept. <laughs> I wept uncontrollably. Uh, yeah, you, you were there. You have reason to weep. Do you like have PTSD with Lemington Drive? I do. I have. I actually, I wake up in cold sweats. Like <laughs> that, that, honestly, that dessert, yeah. an absolute killer. You just see desiccated coconut. And <laughs> That's it. I cringe. <laughs> coconut. Like, you weren't there, man. You weren't there. <laughs> just keep away from the spray booths. You know, spray tan booths. <laughs> Although that looked like so much fun. Yeah, your first comment to me when we were talking when the, when the Lamington was happening and it got to the spray booth for the chocolate <laughs> and you're watching it and you're going, that just looks like fun. <laughs> you know, just go into the booth and <laughs> just lie there. So, I, I, I mean, did you ever think, legitimately, did you ever think you'd, you'd find yourself in a chocolate, with a chocolate spray booth in front of you? Um <laughs> to be honest, like during that cook, I was pretty delirious by that stage. So well, it didn't, well, it didn't really you had no idea. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's 
Like they're like, we don't actually own a chocolate spray booth, and you're like, I don't know where I found this, but I'm running with it. So it was. I mean, yeah, I think it was. This year was a really. It was an interesting year for us watching it. I think because there were times where the challenges were absolutely crazy, <laughs> and like the crazy was sort of upped consistently. And then there'd be this week where it'd be a bit of a cooling down process. Yeah, and you get something that was a little bit more settled. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, it's a, again a, a hundred and something except Lamington. Um, <laughs> it's it's the dessert which just just keeps on let's, let's let's make some real looking fruit. <laughs> um, yeah. What was for you? So the the part outside of the Lamington and the fruit, what was for you the the one that you look you look back on and go, I I had to do that. <laughs> Is there anything outside of those two <laughs> that I had to do it? Um, you're like, wow, that was yeah. <laughs> All right, let's revisit Kylie Miller's The Nest. Thank you. Um, I was going to go <laughs> I mean, that's where we thought the, the, like, the series had just gone bonkers. Like, that yeah. Okay, so we all know about the, the term jumping the shark and <laughs> jumping the shark. I thought at that point, okay, we've hit that. Yes. Um, I like Kylie, but right up until that moment, I really like Kylie. <laughs> so go back to The Nest. So describe your thought process when you see it and then when you have to do it. Okay. So I had two thoughts. One was like, this is totally my type of dessert. We've got a vegetable and dessert, which is what's something that I absolutely love. Yeah. Second was it was way too organic. So I was like really stressing about plating it up. And obviously that's where it all fell apart for me. Literally, um, <laughs> literally fell apart. Um, I, I mean, that was what we said on, I think Adam, you all said it on, said it on Twitter and I commented on it as well for um, Eloise, which was, you know, at least she's gone home on, on, on something that, you know, you do every day, like, I don't know, removing a yolk from an egg and injecting it with caramel. I know, right? <laughs> I do that all the time. Um, it's, it's a common occurrence for me. And that's just when you wake up in the morning. Yeah, I wake up in the morning. What am I doing? Caramel into a yolk. Yes, yeah. Um, you got your salt it, bath there ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, for me, it was, the nest was a, I thought it was Kylie getting her revenge. You know, yeah, like, it felt like it. For all those cooks that I ever had to do that just made no sense. Here, have the nest. Have you already started working on something? So if you're ever called back to MasterChef, <laughs> you know what you're doing? And oh, actually, I do. I do. If I ever came back, I think I'd uh, revisit that same book of ice cream, I think. Ooh. Uh, that was one of my favourites because it had uh, celery included, um, pear also, cardamom crumb. I, I really love that dessert and it went together really well and the judges absolutely loved it. So even though the ice cream didn't set, I, I got through on that one and, that is definitely something I'd tweak and revisit for sure. Yeah, I, I, the, the Sambuca ice cream, I really liked the look of that. I was a big mm. fan of the Sambuca ice cream. I've technically had every flavour of Sambuca. I cannot remember because it was on a pub crawl. Well, I was about to say, you can't remember it because you've had Sambuca. <laughs> and that's, I, think I was about 19. There you go. There's your problem. <laughs> the first one, the blue one, that was fine. You don't remember anything after that? No, no, no. No? No. <laughs> Okay. See, I, I thought you might come up with like a, a dessert when you come back to go back to your Dutch heritage. And I think it might have been something like, you know, the, the, the lowlands of Holland and just have <laughs> like something that's like 15 layers and, and contains like all of the best spices you can think of plus like an ice cream centre. Um, just it's, just it's, putting it out there. It's a bomb Hollander. A bomb I'll Hollander. take it on board. <laughs> we'll see what I can do with it. A bomb Hollander. <laughs> it's surrounded by a dyke. Because it should be. <laughs> it realistically should be. Um, no, we, I mean, it was, I think it was, it was really interesting for us 
watching the, the, the process starting off, you you grew into the competition like very organically. Yeah. It, it was early on lots of savoury, which, again, I'm a big fan of. Yep. And, and And it just seemed like every week you seemed to grow in confidence. And we'll get to the ice cream phase later on. But... <laughs> Is that how you sort of viewed it when you look back on it? And and was there anything when you look back on those first couple of weeks you were surprised by? Yeah, like I think the thing that's really tough is like leading into say the first, I don't know, the first half of the competition, I was cooking a lot of savoury, but because there's so many contestants, it didn't necessarily get featured. Yeah. So I think by the end, while I'm making a whole lot of ice creams and there's not many people left, <laughs> it's going to get featured quite heavily. Yeah. Um, so there's I think no, that's there's what There's no way to hide. There's no long uh, uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So don't get me wrong. Like I, I seriously love my savoury and um, it is still a very strong love of mine. But to be honest, um, coming towards the end of the competition, I just found ice creams to be my thing. And, and although the judges like <laughs> did get sick of ice creams, they absolutely loved it. So, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, towards the Stop end, I was just, exactly, I was just playing to my strengths. I saw the two weaknesses were ice cream and crackling. You get a crackling kind of skin, like either chicken skin or like pork belly or whatever going on. Oh, and you're in. That's exactly. <laughs> you could have made like a hokey pokey ice cream <laughs> that had like the crackling wow. in it. <laughs> That would have worked beautifully. Okey dokey. I, I did actually put crackling in a dessert once, and Peter Gilmore actually said that might have been a step too far. So yeah, but you no, would have surely much of a Gary would have backed you. <laughs> surely Gary just would have gone, Peter. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what is his key place in which you speak? No, no, move away, move away. Don't don't do any more with that. But I, I was, it was, it was. I mean, I, obviously, again, early on, it's very hard to get noticed. Um, a lot of the time as well, it feels like the people who get featured very, very, very early on are featured because they're not going to be there for the rest of the competition. So a lot of people drop out very early on because it's the only time you get to see them. Yep. Um, and that's that's something that you sort of view, like we're seeing that at the moment with things like Survivor, where I made a comment the other night of all these people that they're featuring right now, don't worry about them. They won't be there in a week because <laughs> um, they need to get them on camera because, you know, camera time. But I think... Yeah, you could sort of see there were a couple of you that sort of grew into the competition and started off really quiet and just sort of grew as the competition. You did that. Um, Eloise um, did that. Aram, 100%. Yeah, we'll talk about definitely. the rise. We'll talk about the rise of the Aram <laughs> Empire shortly. Um, uh, built on beef. But <laughs> built on the cow's back. Built on the cow's back. Forget the sheep's back. It was the cow's back for Aram. Um, but, yeah, there were a number of you that just sort of, quietly grew into the competition. So what was going on behind the scenes at the house? Like how, like, no. Because <laughs> obviously, you know, you're in this kind of like fish tank of of fun and, and exploration back there. So it would the have fish been tank of fun, I hope they, I hope they trademark that. They already have. <laughs> Survivor, the fish, uh, sorry, uh, MasterChef, the fish tank of fun. Yeah. As opposed to Survivor, the fish tank of fun. <laughs> so. And paranoia. And paranoia. So. Yeah, so what, um. What did you get to experience? Like who was bringing in the new ideas and how are you sharing that in the house? That's what I'm kind of interested in. Yeah. Um, so I suppose the really cool thing about MasterChef is um, 
everyone that came in came in with their own angle, uh, whether it was a cuisine or a type of, um, you know, a, a type of um, thing that they'd like to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened was is like every night uh, a certain room would have to cook for the rest of the house. So there were five there were five rooms in the house and, um, you know, every night one of the rooms would cook. And it was quite cool because I think a lot of the individual style came out in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're surrounded in a house with people that, live and breathe food and for that reason I think it was the you know the absolute um perfect type of environment to grow as a cook and I feel like for some people um they really did sort of um flourish in that environment yeah so with um did anyone like get really tired one night just go nah we're just gonna menu log it (laughs) (laughs) yeah look um when people stopped caring it was a spag ball night um that's all I mean, I, I think that, like, we're just doing a ragu. It's yeah, fine. Ragu, it's fine. Whatever we got left over, ragu. Um, but I thought there was another theory, another theory that I sort of had as we as we went along too, and it was where occasionally it would come across to people on on TV, for example, that you know when the celebrity chef had come in, or the, and then the big star chef had come in, and everyone in the gantry would start like telling them how to cook. And, oh, okay, and my yeah. theory on that was again it's that fishbowl thing of you know, this intense environment where you're used to like everyone sort of helping each other and talking each other through it and you've been so focused on what you're doing that these other chefs come in and they're just and, part of the family yeah and you're just like yeah this is how you cook and, and meanwhile you're, you're like award-winning <laughs> chef you know michelin star chef you just stand in the corner because you don't know where the mixer is. <laughs> um, is that something that you that you can sort of see? And then, did it come across like that to you when you watched that? <laughs> so I've seen some of the Twitter comments about the gantry. Um, <laughs> Got into the gantry. <laughs> <into> the gantry. <laughs> Look, all I'm going to say is, um, like for the for the new chefs coming in, it's quite difficult because they usually docked at least fifteen to. Yeah. half an hour's time, which is, I mean, because they are the professional. Um, but for the same token, they've got no idea where any of the equipment is. So, yeah. I mean, it does make it quite difficult for them. And I can honestly say the gantry, they it's honestly coming from a good place. That's all I'm yeah, going to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We know, we know it's coming from a good place. That's what I said. It was never malicious, but it just always seemed really funny where, like, after they're in the middle of the cook and they're doing a technique and someone would go, no, no, you don't do it like that. And you're like, really? <laughs> no, it's essentially... It's essentially the sports syndrome. You know when you're at the like the um, the football and like one of my mum's biggest because my mum's a mad NRL fan. One of her biggest catch cries is "Grab the legs! You can't run if you're holding on." <laughs> well, that's sound advice. <laughs> so it's the coaching philosophy, you reckon? They're up on the gantry and they're like watching the sporting event, and suddenly they're in it, and that's what this is. But even more so because they actually are in it. But they're relegated, you know, like they kind of like change back on the they're gantry. They're held back on the gantry. That can be like your poor um, Omar. Did she actually <laughs> when she was watching you in the final? Because that's what I was worried about is her and Diana's mum. I'm like, oh, my God, please tell me they got a bathroom break. <laughs> can I just say there were a few bathroom breaks, but those two are troopers. Um, <laughs> honestly. They're just locked in going, these young people today. <laughs> exactly. They stood. They stood the majority of the time and um, I remember when we were waiting for verdict, they were both uh, sitting down on the couch having a big old chin wag. I, I couldn't believe how well they did that day. <laughs> they were like, we don't care. <laughs> Every set point of we, we know who we are, we're fine. I'm just imagining like Matt's behind the scenes stirring up, you know, a few Baileys on ice and whatever else he's, he's spruiking at the moment and slipping it to everyone on the couch. 
Who wants a lot of drinks? Who wants to run a drink? Big game, big game coming up. Who wants a drink? <laughs> so, but <laughs> so yeah, it's it was a big game going. Well done, you caught me. You yes. caught me on that reference. Well done. Um, no, I'm linking in then to to your grandmother. Obviously, the the I liked the moments where you sort of integrated parts of your your background into it, um, and you know, there's not enough, enough Dutch food around. And, no. and like I mentioned to you during the during the series, for example, that you know I've got a bit of a particular biscuit weakness. Um, <laughs> so when you made those on on TV, I was just like, yes. This is the guy. Yeah, <laughs> this is the guy for me. Um, it was a good. It was obviously you know from listening to you talk about it, um, being able to bring that sort of food in was really important to you. Yeah, it really was. Um, I suppose I entered MasterChef promoting Dutch food. I mean, that's what I was brought up on. That's kind of like all I knew. Um, I'd always try to put like a bit of a twist on it. And, you know, I used to ask myself the question, like, why don't people go home and order Dutch food? Like, it honestly is a really delicious cuisine. Mm. It's modest, but it's super delicious. And I suppose one thing I'm really proud of of my MasterChef journey is I was able to sort of um, expose that uh, cuisine to the world and you know I have big plans uh, hopefully on uh, promoting it further here in Australia so yeah that'd be awesome that would be awesome I'm imagining you having a market stall down at the barrel tulip festival <laughs> <laughs> may or may not be only a couple of hours from our <laughs> <laughs> can I just say tulips are actually poisonous but uh, I, just, you know, I prepared that I prepared that well so the I love, I love the idea <laughs> Hospital emergency emergency admissions spiking for a tulip injection. <laughs> Mum said tulips for lunch. <laughs> I watched MasterChef last night. What do you got in your sandwich? Tulips. I love me our kids. You know, <laughs> I love the moment where in the dish, I think it was um, George looked and went, "Can you eat tulips?" That's <laughs> pulling apart. And it was just it was just genius, and like I, I've never eaten a tulip before. Neither have I. Neither have I. And I'm thinking, well, not many people would have gone down the flower bed um, <laughs> where I would go. I thought where I would start off with. So a tulip bulb's more kind of like like you know how there's some things that are eaten like because they're peasant fare, and yep. then they become kind of you know like just a staple because they were available. Is that how it evolved or? No, like um, like during the Second World War, um, food was scarce, so they, like a lot of Dutch people were actually sort of forced to eat the tulip bulbs. But to be completely yeah. honest, like I cooked them up that day and they're, they're really delicious. They taste like, uh, if you can imagine like a radish, a celery, and then if you braised it, they're still like soft, Ooh. but still a bit crunchy. They're actually yeah. really delicious. So, yeah, if you haven't tried it, you should, but just make sure you prepare it properly. Yeah, otherwise you'll be poisoned. <laughs> it's like fugu. Yeah. It's, fugu. it's the fugu of the garden bed. All right, the fugu of the garden That's bed. You can advertise a Dutch fugu. Yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah. The garden bed, the tulip. And speaking of fugu, that leads me beautifully to Japan, Japan to J- Week. To Japan Week. And in particular, yeah. there's a couple of things from Japan Week we need to have a discussion about. Sure. Now the, Saki. Yeah, now. <laughs> Saki, all right. Now. It looked like you were having a very tough day mm. when you decided to go and sample all of that. First yeah. of all, how much fun did you have basically being handed a credit card and go cold? <laughs> um, yeah, look, it was a good day. I'm not going to lie. Uh, rocked up to the sake shop. Uh, I revisited a few sakis a few times. No, look. It was, it, <laughs> I'm not quite sure about that one. <laughs> I can't remember that one. This is again. 
it's it's a dry competition. So the fact yeah. that I got to play around with a with an alcoholic um, mystery box ingredient was pretty cool. Yeah, no, but actually the sake I ended up choosing was like a, actually cross between a wine and a sake and it was Ooh. super delicious. Yeah, it was really good. Um, and, and I mean. Did they get it in for the mystery box challenge in the final? Yeah, in the final. That was the other, <laughs> the other question we can get in. When they were talking about we've brought everything back, did yeah. they have that and also, you know, that ridiculously <laughs> expensive <laughs> <Swagger>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, like you had a lot of fun that day, but I don't think as much fun as Carly did. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, look, um, in terms of that mystery box on that day, the sake was there. It was definitely there. Was it up uh, on the gantry by the time you guys started cooking? <laughs> Everyone's just think, passing the bottle? <laughs> I think we took, a few, uh, we took a few extra bottles back from Japan. So um, in terms of the Wagyu, I don't think it was the exact Wagyu. No, I've got a hunch. <laughs> My favourite part of that episode, my favourite part of that episode was when they went, did you buy that really expensive Wagyu? And she went, yes. And Gary went, nice, on someone else's money. Perfect. <laughs> And it was the genuine appreciation <laughs> in Gary's voice for you bought really expensive Wagyu on the channel. Beautiful. Nice work. <laughs> it's like when, remember the old days of like the supermarket sweet show? <laughs> supermarket sweet. It's like awesome supermarket sweet. But, and the other thing we have to mention with Japan Wheat, before we get to food, obviously, because we will get to food. <laughs> Let's face it. There was something on the other side of the building from you guys on night. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. All right. We need to talk about it. It's been called many of things. It's but been yeah. called many things. Now, now, I referred to it, let's face it, as the golden sperm. Yeah. It's, not, it's a golden turd. And I, I've heard turd as well. We yeah. then got photos to us <laughs> of people, apparently the popular thing to do in that part of Japan is to frame yourself and bend over. Right. Right <laughs> the golden turd. So it looks like a golden turd. And we got in our Twitter got inundated. I don't think we've got more replies to anything this series <laughs> as the golden turd. And everyone going, no, it's a golden turd. Look what I did. Take a photo in front of it. <laughs> just like how it's, you know, you know, people go to Rome and they're the leading town, you know, just with their yeah, hands they're in Pisa, up. Italy, yeah, they're over there in the Colosseum in Rome and pyramids and golden turd. <laughs> Now, how with the wind that was happening that day and a giant turd on a building opposite you, did you manage to focus? Um, <laughs> look, I'm not going to lie, that day was so incredibly cold. Um, and every time I looked to my right, I did have a bit of a giggle. Um, but <laughs> it's just you one of those focus. Most yeah. focus. Deadly, serious, deadly. <laughs> exactly. You need to just, um, yeah, you just need to like sort of put it all in perspective and, and obviously <laughs> and that was a, there was a lot on the line that day. So And yeah. that episode you also had one of my favourite moments that you had in the whole series. It was a very simple moment. It was just before t- getting close to the end, you had to go put the ice cream in the freezer hmm. and you've picked up the little pail of ice cream. Oh, don't. And it was the run. <laughs> oh it was God. a skip. You were skipping to the freezer. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was it's just he's dainty. No, no he's, look, there's he's love of ice cream. All right. There is no way for a big guy to run gracefully. That's all I'm going to say. To be fair, there's no way for me to run gracefully. <laughs> so I, I, I hear you on that one. So let's talk about the ice cream, shall we? Let sure, let's do, do it. <laughs> now, one of the things that that drew me in to to the world of Gaston, and yes, again. You're welcome for that nickname. Um, <laughs> it's me. It is me. So um, 
one of the drew me in was again your savory cooking, and I, I'm a big fan of. Even though we do, you know, Bake Off obviously as well. I'm a massive savory person. So I'm watching you cook all this savory. I'm going, thank God he's not doing ice cream like everyone else. <laughs> and then we hit about the halfway point. Actually, no, no, we'll blame Heston. Who was, no, yeah, was Heston your Sith Lord? Or was oh. it <laughs> things like Mish or Alan going, come to the dark side, we make ice cream? <laughs> yeah, how, how was it for you that there was the, I mean, obviously you said you eventually found your passion for that. Yeah. But how for you... Do you sort of remember the process of going from savory savory to oh, I really do like doing ice creams? Yeah. Um, How do you get there? <laughs> so I think what's difficult about the show is um, I would say an ice cream, and that's what they'd concentrate on, where there yeah. literally could have been like eight or nine other elements on the plate at the time, but yeah. ice cream was your main component, so that's yeah. what they focused on. So you always did a really nice. A lot of time you did a really nice crumb with that, and yeah. I was more interested in the crumb. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, but that's what a lot of people on social media concentrated on. But to be completely honest, um, I, I absolutely love savory cooking. Mm. But I sort of got to the point in the competition where I developed a skill for ice cream and the judges were loving it. So yeah. I sort of just chose to run with it. I always tried to incorporate different things like other fruits or vegetables in my dessert, which made it like a little bit left to center, a bit different. Yeah. Um, and I tried to incorporate a lot of elements. So, yeah, look, look Heston was probably – a turning point, although I did finish on a really beautiful savoury dish um, at Jack's Magazine. But, yeah, I would say that would probably be the turning point for me would have been. That um, week was incredible for you personally and for the competition, but you personally. Yeah. That week was just next level cooking. It was like yeah. your debut. It's like. <laughs> Thanks, Chrissy. Yeah, your mum showed you your, your little white dress and you've got your date and you're all ready to be. Presented. Presented. As the debutante. As the debutante. My <laughs> sister did a boo and my mum said, that'll be you one day. <laughs> Fuck that, didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I got a trip overseas and you'll die. You so win. You more, win. More anecdotes. Yeah, more anecdotes. <laughs> let's, let's face it, that's what you need, yes. more anecdotes. <laughs> so, but no, I think that Heston week in particular was just a really strong moment from that first dish where you sort of, you were the one person that I saw who really actually understood what Heston was doing, yeah, and what he was looking for. There were lots of there were lots of people in in the series who sort of thought they knew what was happening with Heston, but what you did was stuff where, and when he was giving the feedback, he was saying, "No, this is right. This is great. This is exactly what sort of food I'm after." Like that first one you did on the banks of the river, yeah, that was yeah. that was genius. Mm. You know, the way oh, that you geez. put that forward, and and again the. The knowing that Heston likes not only the theatre, but it's the things like the smell of the, the the smell of the river, the smell of the the area instead, not just about the food and the theatre, but actually having the complete experience there. Um, that's what I mean. That's what Heston tried has tried to do you know, everywhere he's gone. Is it's the full experience, not just you know the flavour and then something that looks pretty. Yes, yeah. people know that. Yeah, but I'm yeah. Ben in <laughs> you could see something. There was a few, I think, like bold moments that, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like things clicked for me, um, honestly, during Hassan weeks. So I was really taking on um, the sort of the prerequisites they were were sort of asking for. And and I really enjoy that theatre of things. I mean, I use it a few other times later on in the competition, probably not till it's, you know, like premium effect. But, um, yeah, I really love incorporating a whole lot of senses into a plate of food. I think that's something quite magical and, and yeah, during Hessen Week, it sort of just it clicked for me. 
But did you, you didn't do anything like we, we on the weekend, for example, we had a bomb Alaska <laughs> and, and there was a sparkler in it. Oh, no. <laughs> now, if, yeah, that now, is next level. If you just put a sparkler <laughs> in your grand final dessert, I think you would have had it. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. a sparkler. It, it could have tipped the scales, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that in the future, every day you event, sparkle, <laughs> just for a bit of colour, a bit of excitement, a bit of a wow factor. A bit of um, 1812 overture going into it. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. <laughs> what are you doing? Serving ice cream. <laughs> so are you, are you going to be taking your passion for ice cream anywhere? Is that, are we going to see a Ben's Gaston Whippy? Uh, a Ben without the Jerry's. Yeah, look, I think it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, look, uh, like the end goal for me will always to be to have that sort of that Dutch restaurant that promotes um, Dutch food with a bit of, you know, a twist on a modern take on things. But, I mean, there's just been like my um, fan base has been unreal and there's so many people that are just absolutely hanging out to have those those ice creams that I produce. So, um I can honestly say the an ice cream parlor. Yeah, exactly. An ice cream parlor. It's it's in the works. Um, yeah, and um, I've got some pretty. That won't be your standard flavors, of course. There'll be something pretty out there. But, um, Booker. Yeah, well, yeah, that is that is one. Good. Um, licorice. <laughs> licorice. Now, now I have to know this. Licorice, great flavor. Yep. Or the greatest flavor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm Dutch, so I'm going to say the greatest flavor, but I can honestly say it threw a lot of people that day. <laughs> I, was sitting, I was just sitting there for the second half of the series just eating licorice while we were watching it. But it was fantastic because everyone's like just picking like, you know, this ingredient, that ingredient, if they're ever, you know, choosing stuff, come out with licorice. I'm like, oh, that's just fucking genius. This is going to be. And then <laughs> there's people just going, oh, no. <laughs> And, like, there were people there genuinely, from what I could see in that challenge, thinking to themselves, how am I going to sample this dish? And why didn't I wear my brown pants today? <laughs> <laughs> but I was sitting there like, how am I going to sample the liquor? I don't like liquor. How am I going to eat this? <laughs> you know, I can't taste the flavours because it's just not going to work for me. So that was evilly brilliant. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm always surprised when people come out of the kitchen, when it, when it come out of the pantry when they've got, like, you know, the challenge. And they've got all their choice of flavours and they pick the really easy one. And I'm like, no, it's a competition. Mess with people. <laughs> you know, you can go into the pantry and pick anything you want to pick. And I would have come out with, like, the weirdest thing I could possibly find. I mean, it's not as nutty as cutthroat kitchen where you're putting people in disco balls and stuff. And chaining them to things while they're cooking. Yeah, exactly. no, not that crazy. But I would have just picked the weirdest flavoured thing I could possibly think to find and go, good, do it. <laughs> um, so licorice was probably right on that that limit. Of- <laughs> Look, um, to be honest, I actually had a dish planned around licorice. I've been working on it for a little while um, back at home in the MasterChef house. So um, licorice is something I experimented with and when the opportunity was there to pick an ingredient, it was always going to be licorice. No. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't trying to throw anyone under a bus. Yeah, I know it might have seemed that way, but I actually had a dish planned around it. Which I wouldn't was- have cared, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, the thing is you had a rationale that wasn't like going – oh, I'm going to, like, you know... Mess with everybody. Mess with everyone. But did anyone try and get, like... Like, did you have pranks pulled on you at home because of the licorice? Like... <laughs> well, what I don't get is, like, I used to cook with it all the time and everyone hated it. Um, so I think... Um, Eat when your licorice bolognese. <laughs> 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 yeah, when you really stop caring, yeah, licorice bolognese. But... Um, <laughs> no, but I'm going to say, like, several... 
Oh, hang on a minute. Home, you'd be with um, two to three other people during your cook when you were practicing. So, yep. you know, not everyone was always savvy to the ingredients you were using. <laughs> not, if, not everyone was licorice savvy. <laughs> some, some people missed out, unfortunately. <laughs> but, yeah, are you licorice savvy? Sounds like, sounds like it's a PR campaign that like the government would run. Are you licorice savvy? <laughs> Somebody there with, a, with, a, with an all sort. Um, now, we said there was the rise of a couple of people as, as the competition went on. And yep. we need to talk about the rise of Aram. <laughs> the rise of Aram, yeah. Because Aram charged out of absolutely nowhere for people watching at home. I can honestly felt like, you know, every week it's kind of like he's going like this is just. This week Aram's going home. This week Aram's going home. This And then suddenly there was about a week and a half to two weeks where it was Aram's not going home. It's Aram's winning this challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Aram's winning this challenge. And, oh, my God, he's worked out how to cook this perfectly. And like you with ice cream, he worked out steak perfectly. He won our hearts when he won, like, those challenges. Like it's like. I think we've got a contender. <laughs> so, so how was it for you guys to suddenly see when, when you had, like, for example, an Aram or somebody who, you know, suddenly had their moment of like a week where they were just on? Was that sort of, you know, was it something that you could see coming within the kitchen whenever that happened or was it just like, you know, a shock to everyone there too? Uh, I think it was a shock to everyone. <laughs> like, uh, you had your strong Aaron. contender. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron was the most. <laughs> that was the funny part about Aaron the week where Aaron was charging was every time he won something, he legitimately had to look like, no, surely I'm supposed to be in black. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like. Did anyone see that Aram week coming? <laughs> it was Aram week. <laughs> I don't think anyone did, but I can honestly say I was really good mates with Aram and he is a fantastic cook and a great guy. Yeah. Um, there were some really strong contenders the whole way through. So, you know, although Tamara was very up and down, she was always a strong contender. Yeah, Carly was super consistent. Diana was amazing. Even Eliza, just to not end yeah. up in a elimination for so long. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but Aram, honestly, I think when he came firing that week uh we all sort of got like took a bit of a step back and couldn't believe it um he just sort of yeah was he was just completely on point at the time and and i think a lot of us didn't see it coming um it was just obviously a shame in that surprise elimination that um he chose duck and it just it might not have been his forte on that day so yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah i mean it's as, as you've told the story many times duck can <laughs> Ended a downfall, Christy, as you've told me. Exactly, of times. but you, you, you got the duck going yesterday. He cooked this amazing roast duck yesterday with kale. And I did a crispy skin duck yesterday. Sweet potato. It was just because oh, I wanted to get so you good. over the, the hump of this idea that duck was horrible and bleeding. So I think it's a tradition in my family for my mum to cook the newest member, who's usually because like, there's all sisters. Um, whoever marries the next person it gets like a duck cook for them. That and, and, and by cooked, right. you mean sort of warmed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Possibly just killed and plucked. <laughs> so, so I just want to know as well. Did you guys like try to get like do science experiments on Sarah's face, like just to see how she got her flavor profiles so well in those? First- like just to dissect her, <laughs> dissect her taste buds, and go explain it to me because I don't get it, but it's brilliant. <laughs> 
Um, the one thing about Sarah is like she is just such a competent cook and um, the enthusiasm, like, so confident. And you just, know, you know, I was team guest on, but I was. <laughs> I know, very but much you love Sarah. Sarah. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> now look, um, if actually I got to be honest, I think Sarah left possibly a little bit before her time. Yep, she yep. is an incredibly strong cook. And well, I, I thought that poor Sarah never quite got past the immunity issue i think the yeah exactly messed with her head and she was not in the right head space by the time yeah that yeah. got there but again I, I i i i felt sad at the end of that episode until i saw the little cry on bit about what they're doing now and it just popped up sarah is working with australian pork and i'm like yeah. of course you are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look I, I would have been shocked if australian pork weren't immediately on the phone <laughs> hello number one fan um <laughs> We have a role for you. It's um, called CEO. I've <laughs> done at the Dairy Corporation. You get on the phone to you and go, hey, you like making ice cream, don't you? Um, we've got some dairy for you. Want to work? Um, but, yeah, I thought that. No, it's Big Licorice for Ben. Big Licorice. Yes. Big Licorice. <laughs> He's being funded by Big Licorice. Um, the other one that I, I was sort of chomping along with uh, on, as the show went along was the running war that developed between Eliza <laughs> and George and George and Gary to some extent, but mostly it was Eliza versus George. Now, was the obvious in the kitchen? Um, <laughs> look, um, Eliza is a very um, – she's a beautiful woman. She is seriously a lovely person, but she's, she's also very woman. headstrong. <laughs> she's headstrong. Um, so if Eliza says something, you do it. There was many times. Aram. Captain. And we, Aram. Especially Aram and I were just like, whatever you Aram. say, Eliza, it's done. <laughs> Aram. 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 Wall challenge. Oh, oh. God. But, but like, I, as I said, my, my absolute <laughs> favourite moment of the entire series, the one that it boiled down to for me, was the, the moment in Japan where Gary's like, are you doing this? She's like, no, Gary, no. <laughs> and just Gary just looking at his face like, sorry. <laughs> just off. Now, that was my favourite moment. I speak for, well, Kira on Twitter. <laughs> when I say that Kira's favourite moment was also in Japan Week. Oh, now, how does it feel to have Twitter treat you as, well, a hunk of man flesh. Um, <laughs> especially while you're sweating over the top to of the grill. To treat you the way you all treated that um, piece of wagyu. <laughs> oh, lordy. <laughs> so did, did you, were you aware as the episode was going on that people were going to be commenting about the fact of, well, Ben's T-shirt's getting all soaked. Ooh. <laughs> Hello. Hello. So were you aware that was happening? No, look, uh, that day was insane. Um the the little outlet that we had to cook in was so insanely small. It was so tiny that the only place I could actually fit was behind the grill. And oh it, I'm not even kidding. Um, just to move around the actual benches where the seats were, I, I couldn't fit. So I had to – I was actually forced to cook that day um, on the Yakitori grill. And if you can imagine the hottest barbecue you've ever cooked in front of, times it by 100 and that's what it was like. I oh. honestly drunk about – I reckon about six litres of water and I just lost so much. Um, it was insanely hot. Plus, I didn't know there was an exhaust fan. We found that out with about an hour to go. So <laughs> that didn't help either. <laughs> 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 
(laughs) (laughs) Actually, Gary came over and flicked it on for us. (laughs) Oh, geez, thanks. (laughs) Gary knew it was there. Went, "Uh yeah. The producers go, I'm just gonna pop over and tell Ben about the exhaust fan. And Gary's like, No, don't. No, just hold off. Yeah. (laughs) Give me a minute. I want to see how this plays out. Let's see how this plays out. Uh, Just let him let him sweat. Um, Let him let him go for a minute. But that. Uh, Japan Week had so many really interesting moments. It was it was good. Sometimes it can be a bit, you know. Sometimes when they go overseas, it can be a, you know not quite what you're expecting. A bit yeah. more of a tourist commercial rather than an exploration sure. of the actual. And, area. and I like the fact that they then, after all that, really those difficult cooks that they they put everyone through, you know, they made you like walk all the way to the the, the side of the mountain and make you walk all the way down the long path to go and. I know, right. Yeah. That was, you know, like nice <laughs> that was a warm and welcoming. <laughs> no, now what we want you to do is marathon. So right, we're going to start you at the hotel. Look, we're going to put you at the hotel. Everyone's going to drive up in the golf carts. You can walk. This is the peak of Mount Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just cross Mount Fuji. We're on the other side of the mountain. Just, just Fuji, that's right. Cross Fuji. Mount Fuji. No, <laughs> Mount Fuji <laughs> is like a character from Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. <laughs> Yes. I learned that because I watched the documentary. Well done. Yeah, I know. Proud moment. I know something about sports ball. We got the balls. <laughs> sports ball. It's glows, ladies of wrestling. So yeah. anyway, moving on from glow. Yeah. Um, so we, we uh, you did sort of become a bit of an internet darling. It was a bit of an internet <laughs> cult sensation. Um that, that swept the Look, nation. We know what that's like. We're just always idolized. I know that. <laughs> Yeah, it's a tough gig. Tough gig. <laughs> Look, you've, you've got to be prepared to wear that mantle. Exactly. Um, some people are called. <laughs> <laughs> some people try for the spotlight, others we serve. <laughs> um, no, but it was, how was the social, I mean, you said you've had a lot of really supportive fans, but how was the social, getting used to that idea of the social media and, and the way that developed over the course of the series? Yeah, it was um, it was actually pretty crazy because coming out of the competition, obviously it's filmed ahead. I think most mm. people know that. Yeah. Um, I didn't really feature too much in the first half of the competition, so my social media was relatively quiet. Some some um, weirdo, some weirdo started calling you <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Which very that? <laughs> I'm going to call him Gaston until further notice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good work to you because that's completely stuck now. People actually <laughs> pull me over in the streets and don't call me Ben. Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> But um, look, look, I've got to say, um, yeah, coming about Heston Week, um, things really took off for me and um, everyone on social media has just been super supportive. Obviously, the, you get your trolls, you're always going to get that. But um, like I've got to yeah. say, the amount of love I've received is just next level and it, it, it makes the whole experience worth it, I've got to say. Excellent. So is Alicia like already designing your pin-up car- um, calendar? Like, <laughs> Guest on 2018. <laughs> Featuring different flavour ice cream. Lots of yakitori grill. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, no, no, we haven't planned that yet. But, um, yeah, no, hey, it's something that could be in the works. So I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> and I, I think that that... The moment in the grand final when the, the your family came in, I think was oh yeah, it was there was a moment that melted Twitter. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, the tear you could see the tears cascading down. If there was a satellite above Australia at that time, I think it was just like <laughs> exploding and like moisture content going up because of all the like 
precipitation coming out of our eyes. You know, I was obviously to, to ask something that's, that's very much like a normal sort of interview question. So what was it like seeing your family, Ben? <laughs> Look. <laughs> Look. Um, You're like five minutes more peace? No. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm going to be honest. Um, a lot of people always asking questions like, oh, you know, why does everyone in MasterChef hug all the time? Like why are you guys so supportive of one another? But what you got to realise is we're like, in a house for six months and that's all we know. We're in that bubble. These are the only people we sort of, you know, um, work with, um, experience like life with. We're going through this, you know, and you know, amazing competition just with one another. So I think when you get to the end and you've been through so much and you're just physically and mentally exhausted, to have limited contact with your family and for them to rock up all of a sudden, it's just, honestly, it's overwhelming. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I know it's like for guys when I'm meant to cry and things like that, but I, I couldn't hold it back. Like, Rubbish, I, I bawled like a baby when you <laughs> Well, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> These gender um, stereotypes, who cares about them? You know, when I you've know. got like real people doing real things and having real life feels. It's beautiful to watch. <laughs> but but to see the kids burst through the door and, and you know, they're some of my biggest fans. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, you just can't hold it back. Like there's so many emotions running through the grand final. Um, you know, you, you, you really think that, you know, can I even do this? I mean, with, you know, the trio of fruits, it was just, yeah. oh, honestly, it was, uh, I don't know if people are going to apply for, you know, season 10 because that was, I reckon yeah. that's going to be Because we've been trying to, we've been trying to <laughs> Romano on Twitter to, to, re- to reapply. She's applied a few times. We're hoping that she does. Yeah. Because, you know, for a start, MasterChef needs more puns. <laughs> it does. Um, <laughs> does it? She is the mistress of puns. So we, we'd like to see that that take place. Now, I have to ask, with, with the kids up on the gantry, did they get a bit like the guardians of the gantry and start telling you how to cook? No, no, actually, the, the kids were amazing. Um, there were a few times in that cook where I was seriously down and out. And I know people think it's just really good TV, but literally in that last cook, there were a few times where I thought there's just no way, there's no way in hell I'll get this dish up. Oh, no, Christy um, walked away. I did. <laughs> I got a deal. I, I walked away in dinner by Heston. You walked away in the grand final. <laughs> Couldn't cope. And, uh, yeah, look, just to hear the kids say, like, you know, come on, Dad, you can do this. Honestly, it's like, I know, as a parent, it, it honestly, it gives you a second wind. And, you know, after I heard that, I thought, well, you know, why am I here? I'm doing this for the family. I'm doing this for the kids. And, you know, I want to be their role model. So, um, yeah, it honestly, it just gave me a second wind. And I found a gear I never thought possible. Yeah. And I think what, we, what we've we learned through the course of it is I don't think I can get a better role model. So it's oh. been, exactly. So it has been a wonder, yes, a delight, a pleasure, and everything else in between um, to be able to have you on here. So there are projects coming up, I hope, um, and, and obviously when you get to a point where those projects are ready to be discussed, look, I'm not saying that we are the prime media outlet, but... We're one avenue. We are one avenue, definitely, and I think we're quite quite a good avenue. Yes. Yeah. Um, we're probably at least the 10th best podcast <laughs> I don't know. on MasterChef. No, no, MasterChef we're much better at, you know. Oh, this, at least the th- in the top three. We're in the top five. three. We're, we're a top three finalist, you know. Yeah. So that that's plus. <laughs> but it's been an absolute pleasure having all the, the conversations over the course of the season and being able to talk to you, you know, now is... Yeah, sort of pinnacle of our season. Yes. Um, so, where can people find you? You're on Twitter, of course. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Also, Facebook. Your Instagram's uh, going mental. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. <laughs> it's um, 
yeah, it's going pretty crazy. But like I say, like I've just got to thank the fans. They've been unreal this season. Um, I've been getting pretty much heckled to open an ice cream shop. And <laughs> <laughs> look, it, it's going to happen. It's going to be. They're now baiting you into it. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're, you're chicken. You chicken. You won't open. Chicken. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Malcolm Turnbull to put the same-sex marriage debate on hold and go. Look, we really need to put this to the table. Ben Ungerman, when is he opening the ice cream shop? <laughs> That's that's where we're going now. We're going with we're going with the ice cream debate instead. Yeah. And 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 on a last talking point. Now, what we did get from Ben though towards the very end was he started ripping, you know, the soccer shirts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, here he we got go. Ajax. Yep. He saw an Ajax shirt. Now didn't now, they come second? Yeah. No. Yeah, I know. Look, I again, as as somebody who hates United, I'm disappointed <laughs> that Ajax came second because they should have beaten Manchester United. We're going to talk sports ball for a couple of seconds, guys. So just deal with that. That's all right. So, I'll just sit back and smile. So yeah, no. Look, I mean, Ajax are a good team. He supports a good team there. I mean, English Premier League. Mm-hmm. I don't think his team's quite as good, unfortunately. Oh God, here we go. I don't think he supports <laughs> the right. For the record, Neverwalk. you're. Don't. don't you <laughs> I'm not. I'm seeing it with passion. We came second in a preseason couple, have you know? <laughs> so, for the record, your Premier League team? My Premier League team would be Arsenal, but, yeah, gee, we haven't won anything in a while. <laughs> they're, not, they're not in the Champions League either, so that's okay. It's all good. It's all good. So, Are Arsenal fans called asses? Like, is that like- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that before, but, yeah. <laughs> oh, it depends on what ground you go to, really, and <laughs> if you're in the home end or the away end. <laughs> Right. That might that might change that up. And yeah. well, it's either arse or anal, so I just wasn't no. We'll go with arse. Yeah. <laughs> so, and um, and and more importantly, in terms of position and positions played in 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 football, what is your position? Um. Well, I was a striker, and uh, I did quite well there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I eventually moved back to sweeper, and that's where strikers go to die. So I have recently retired. <laughs> Yep, strikers, strikers, strikers become sweepers when they get really lazy, yeah. as opposed to just a little bit lazy. Sweeper like relegated to the sheds, and they're like literally sweeping the floor. You think so? No, the sweeper, the sweeper was the person that used to have to deal with me when I played because I was a goalkeeper. Oh. So the sweeper had to deal with me yelling at them the whole time what, because they were in the wrong I... position. That's pretty much it. You, move him around. You, move him around. And then there'd be a lazy striker standing up the front, like waiting yep. to have this three-step burst and have a shot and take all the glory. Yeah. <laughs> so know. if you're going to divine a position, yeah, then that's, that's basically the way you do it. That's basically the way you do it. Oh, but, I'm learning something new every day. See, we're, we're teaching you. This is an educational process. <laughs> I think you'll find the words educational. Educational? I think so too. Ben, it has been an Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank Thanks, you for guys. doing this. We look forward to talking to you again as well. I get the feeling that will happen. Um, so. I'm quite confident on that one. <laughs> so thank you very much, Ben. Not a problem at all. Uh, I'm still Chris. I'm still Christy. And we will catch you all later. Ciao.